0: rejoice it is friday we want to thank you all for tuning in again as always uh we hope you had a great week uh we hope you all enjoyed the fourth of july weekend we got a good show for you in store today uh this week we have mick hedgepeth on mick is currently the director of basketball operations at Belmont University, um, which is also where he played under coach Rick Bird. Um, He played for a year overseas. He's been, uh, he got his head coaching start at uh, Williams College uh, Division Three School in Massachusetts, Um, incredible program. He was a head coach at Sewanee for a couple seasons before uh, joining, uh, before coming back to his alma mater and being the director of basketball operations at Belmont. Um, again, we appreciate you for tuning in. Um, thank you as always. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Do whatever it is you do to help get the word out there. We also have some merchandise. Uh, you can check our Twitter, and Instagram page to find that. Um, once again, thank you for tuning in, and hope you all enjoy the show. Love y'all. Hey, so how are you doing, man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Uh, still sweating like crazy. Feel like I've been sweating nonstop since June first. Uh, but I'm doing good, man. Just
1: I thought I thought you didn't have to walk between places anymore. I thought that was gonna help with the sweating issue.
0: Well, I mean, listen, so of course, you know, for the July weekend, the gym, the AC in the gym gets shut off for, for the 4th for of July weekend. And, uh, I, and I, it, it apparently has not come back on. And so, and then I'll get on, so you know, I'm sweating, rebounding all day on the, on the court, sweating my butt off. And then I got to go pick up the food at like 4.30. I walk outside and it's just pouring down rain. I'm like, I literally can never get dry. <laughs> I, and so, I hate being wet. Like that, is the, like that is the most uncomfortable thing in the world to me
1: really well, yeah. well, wet clothes i i will go a step further than wet clothes yeah, wet and it's socks. like
0: you know, i'm doing a terrible job of like bringing extra clothes so by like 10:30 a.m. you know my uh my, my my outfit for the day is like soaked and so i'm just walking around miserable all day
1: yeah well that's tough but and, i would i mean would you
0: agree worse you know, than a wet I, shirt I really walking around like with a towel like all the time
1: well i've never seen you wipe yourself with a towel so um besides like every single podcast <laughs> but um would you agree that a worse feeling than just wet clothes, specifically wet socks?
0: Yeah, wet socks are bad. Wet, wet socks are really bad. Wet
1: socks, wet, are, wet bad. socks are really
0: bad. Um, but, wet clothes in are I mean, general awful, but wet, wet socks are bad. Yeah,
1: I would agree. Wet, wet, wet shirt is also pretty tough when it's sticking to you, etc. But yeah. anyway, so um, it's been pretty miserable just being hot. But um, so you guys have started session two?
0: Uh yeah man yeah uh, everybody came back we had a meeting Monday night and uh, let's see what's today recording on Wednesday yeah so we've been mm-hmm. going all week uh, since Tuesday um, yeah got that thing rolling um and uh, yeah man I mean it's rolling it's rolling man it's 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 going real well right now
1: good man uh, what good. about y'all
0: I know y'all different rules and stuff y'all don't, y'all can't really do a ton in the uh, in the summertime or at least not the not you know it won't look the same as, as it does as ours How, how's everything with y'all um so actually so. D two actually allowed
1: this year. I don't know if it was due to COVID or what, but they allowed um, for voluntary workouts starting um, June fifth or July fifth.
0: Oh wow! Oh, so
1: so whether we haven't done anything with them like in the gym, but it's we do have some guys that have stayed around. So it's at least been nice to at least. Because we haven't done anything with them, it's at least nice that we've
0: allowed we're allowed to like watch them shoot now. Yeah. So. yeah <laughs> how many? So do y'all have? Uh, how many local guys do y'all have? Do y'all have any? Or so I, have, somewhat local that can you know? You know
1: what? So we have like one local, but we have a couple. We have probably six or seven that are around um, that are working in the area and staying in the area this summer. So. That's been nice to see. But obviously, they're allowed to go, like, once again, very voluntary. It's it's super voluntary. It's not like one of those where, you know, some programs will be, it's voluntary but not voluntary. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. very, very, very voluntary. voluntary. Yeah, I mean, just the way, I mean, I guess it's designed to go. So, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it's good. I mean, I'm just glad to get to see you guys, honestly. Um,
0: are you recruiting at all? You going out on the road soon?
1: Yep. So, this weekend, um, I am going to be – going out on the road so it'll be it'll be good um
0: where are you going
1: I, <laughs> are you, you know i'm going i'm going out to recruit okay <laughs> you know save uh, the people yeah. from knowing exactly where i'm going but you know i'm i'm going out i'll be on the road this weekend so it, it'll be fun it'll be good um, yeah we got a
0: we got a couple guys out rush literally just left the, uh from the office he's he's going he's driving six hours somewhere today and then i think uh, we got one of the one of the coaches going to be out of the office for the rest of the week too um, or maybe Friday. Or Where something. are they going? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Russ is going to a JUCO event, and uh, I
1: mean, I, I have no problem telling you, I'm going to Atlanta. There, yeah. there there's about five or six tournaments going on.
0: Yeah, at, I mean, everybody right in the country's pretty much going down there. So
1: that's what I'm saying. So I, I have no problem saying that. It's not like I'm telling you any insider information or anything. But
0: Atlanta. yeah, we're
1: going to Atlanta. Um, it'll be a good time, man. I'm I'm excited. Just uh, like it, it, it was good for D ones to be back out because they haven't been out for. However long, but honestly D2 is like, we weren't out last summer either. We weren't allowed. So, I mean, this is the first July in over a year, I guess it's been two years since people have been out on the road. So yeah, it'll be good to be back on the road and, you know, see what was going on. I mean, my, my, my ear, my ear piece is a little, little loopy today. I don't know how that's (laughs) going to throw me for a loop or I'm a little, I'm a little bugged out by that, but, um, Asa, Hey, I got something really cool for you. All right. You ready? Yeah. Welcome into the Mind of the Coach podcast. This is episode
0: 43. I don't know which. Go ahead. I want to hear yours. All, right, all right. I got a couple for you today, and I haven't done my, and I haven't checked. I've been thinking about it all day. I'm like, 43, 43, 43. Who do I, I have? I got a couple right. too. I got a couple. So I got the uh, first one. I'm pretty sure Daryl Dawkins was Daryl Dawkins 43 or was he 54? i am sure. Daryl Dawkins was something. Maybe he was 53. I, all right. I got, but I got another one. David, I think. Oh, I really hope I'm right. We're about to check, ladies and gentlemen. But David Latin, Glory Road, wasn't he 43? I'm not sure. I'm I'm about to look it up. And get. Oh, and so I have a story about that. So David Latin, the dude from Glory Road, do you know where he transferred from? No, I don't. Tennessee State.
1: Really? Okay, that's a great one. Okay, so these were going to be my two. Okay. I was going to go. This is the Kendrick Perkins episode. The key, oh he oh okay was he forty three? He was forty yeah, three. He was forty three. And then I was gonna go an even step further
0: in Oh deck, hang on, hang on. I was gonna say Michael Thompson.
1: Clay what? Thompson's father.
0: Oh, oh yeah, okay. All right, listen, look, all right, I'm looking right now. David Latin, he was there's a picture, he was forty three.
1: Yeah, that's 42 okay, so, I think it he doesn't was. matter.
0: I think you're, you're good. 42.
1: This is the David Latin
0: podcast, so <laughs> did I say his all name? Okay. David Latin? David yeah yeah David Latin, yeah L-A-T-T-I-N yeah he transferred from, t- from uh, Tennessee State dude, dude from Glory Road Tennessee State Well, that's fantastic well good stuff Asa well, yeah, well I'm glad we're doing well this is episode 43
1: thank you guys for tuning in um, Asa I I don't know if you know this, but um, there is this important little segment we happen to do, and we I feel like we've almost skipped over it a couple times, but what do you have to get off your chest?
0: Oh, Nate, that's a great question. That is is—that is a really, a really great question.
1: Are menus still um, bothering you? Like, what's going on?
0: I mean, menus are always bothering me. Um, man, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I mean the heat the heat is bothering me just the heat in general the summer is really getting to me I think I'm a little irritable right now I'm sweating all the time mm. we talked about it already but i you know sorry to let you down today Nate but just that this heat is really getting to me
1: well hey you know what that's I, I understand but at least it is summer I'd rather it be summer than winter however at least in winter there's basketball going on we still have we still have one section of basketball left and that is the NBA finals however and wait I don't want to be disrespectful is that WNBA they're playing right now right Yes. Okay. So the WNBA and the NBA Finals, but let's specifically talk about the NBA Finals. We got the Suns. Suns took Game One. Um, we got the Suns Bucks. Um, who you
0: got? And how many games? The, I mean, the the Suns absolutely just routed the Bucks. Uh, I mean, the, dude, Suns and Suns and four guy. I mean, Suns Suns and four guy. I got to go on. Suns and four. Uh, Come no. On. In in all seriousness. Um, I don't know, man. I'm happy for Chris Paul. I hope Chris Paul pulls it off. It seems like they're going to. Obviously, it was game one, and it's easy to overreact. Um, Booker had a great game, and then obviously Aiden. Dude, there's a lot going on in the NBA right now because it's almost a changing of the guard. We got a ton of new – and obviously, Chris Paul's been around for a while. But, I mean, it's, you're seeing people that you haven't seen on the stage before earlier in their careers, Aiden, Booker, guys like those two who literally this is a career – not trying to tell you. A career kind of defining moment for them. They've been, now, they're, they've been there. They they they've proven that they're they're in a different echelon now that they've been there. Listen, uh, but I'm we going had a, sons, dude. I'm going sons.
1: Sons and four, or what do you what do you got? Yeah, you gotta, sons and four, four,
0: dude. The, the video going viral, it's gotta be sons and four, right?
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna say two different things, and then I'm gonna answer the same question that I just asked. Um, so one, talking about DeAndre Ayton, man, he's a difference maker right now. And when I when I talked about um So there was a question when we asked, ask a question, and somebody, or on Instagram, we asked, like, ask a question. We want to answer it because we want to talk to you guys. And one of my things that I responded with was somebody asked what is going to be the next changing the guard or basically, you know, the Steph Curry effect kind of deal, just about the next trend in basketball. And mine was that I think there's going to be a basket, back to the basket five again. Now, now, he's not – a traditional back to the basket five he's a pick and roll five so um but he's a big five he he is a big five but i think it's going to be very important i'm going to go off my point that the back to the basket five if that back to the basket five can guard the pick and roll i think that's the that's the one thing if you can get a, a five to guard the pick and roll i think the five comes back in the game of basketball because as you could tell last night Brooke Lopez struggled to guard the five. I mean, struggled to guard the pick and roll, and they kept taking advantage of him, Devin Booker and Chris Paws, specifically in the first half. And I think if you get a back to the basket five that can guard the pick and roll like DeAndre Ayton can, who's a mobile five, man, it I think I think that's the next trend. However, I'm going to predict my uh my Suns or Bucks. I am going to go. And you know I was on the Suns bandwagon, right? I thought the Nets were gonna win the championship.
0: Yeah against the Suns, but... Now, I think everything I've guessed, I've been wrong, too. So, this is obviously... Oh, no, you got the Bucks. You got the Bucks. Yeah. You okay. got
1: the Bucs okay. when we were talking uh, the conference final rounds. But... Yeah. Man, the Suns played so well last night. It'd be hard to go against them. However, I think Giannis comes up in a big way next game. I think he evens up the series 1-1. I think is. this series is going to go to 7. I don't know who's going to win. I think... I want to say sons. I'm going to go sons and seven and I'm, I'm strictly, I'm strictly going sons and seven and I think they're going to win it. Hmm, man. I want to say sons and I want to say sons instead of bucks because they got Devin Booker and I think Devin Booker's a dog. I think he shows up for a game seven. Man, you know, I love Chris, you, you know, I love Chris Middleton. You You're right, Asa. You you have completely switched my view. <laughs> I'm taking a bold prediction here. Bold prediction. Uh, Bucks just getting routed in game one. I'm taking Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Bucks and seven. Real real quick, real quick, because we do have to get on with our with our conversation with uh, Coach Mick, Mick, Mick Hedgepeth coming up. Excuse me, right there. But I do want to say, Nate, we were talking. We were, we were kind of talking today and uh, talking today in the office, um, and you know, you 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 brought up the traditional five coming back and. And it's, it's not like the, the, the traditional five yes has gone away, but I, the low post game hasn't entirely gone away. If you look at the teams no. that make it to uh, – th- like we were t- the OVC last year, right? You had uh, Moorhead State and Belmont in the championship game. Two incredible, two really, really, really great post low post presence down there. One hundred percent. You look at uh, we won a championship. We had Rob. Rob wasn't a huge dude, but he was an incredible low post presence. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's it, Bucks. I mean, Giannis is a you know he's just a freak superstar. Um, can play the five, but still a dude that could have an incredibly. Uh, I know he wants to play stretch it out more, but an incredible low post presence when he wants to have it. So it's it's not that it's completely gone away. I just wanted to point that out, right? And you are absolutely right in everything you're saying. And Aiden is kind of the guy that looks. He's a hybrid almost. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not stretching enough. He, he's out kind before. of that newer. He's kind of what it might be as opposed to a, just a regular traditional back. I
1: would agree. Anyway. I would agree because obviously you you switch with the trend, right? Because you have to be able to adapt and adjust. And I think DeAndre Aiden. It, I mean, I just think pick and roll fives are the way it's rolling, especially in NBA. However, I would say what you are saying is in college, especially in the mid-major level, a uh, low-level major. We still
0: need that low-level. Low uh, yeah.
1: I think back to the basket, fives are the most important position. I, I, I really do because I think you're going to get what you get from the guards. I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of really good guards in college basketball. Yeah. But specifically the post, I mean, I mean, we saw what Rob Marbury did to Lipscomb University. Obviously, that's not taking away from anything that Garrison Matthews did. I mean, obviously, Garrison Matthews was the guy, but Dead Dead Gum Rob Marberry was a dang good player. But The offense and,
0: doesn't work without a without a well, specifically
1: our offense too. Yeah, specifically, like, specifically our. our offense, and that's why. Like, um, I mean, I'm not the player. I am without Lipscomb's offense or Belmont's offense currently. Um, Rob's not the player. Garrison's not the player. So, like, we also have to give. Total respect for Casey and um, yeah. Coach Alexander. That, everybody. Like yeah, Steve Draben, um, Roger Edstrom, Coach Evans before he left, and uh, Sean Retigliano, Adam Jones, and Adam him Not- I'm gonna shout out everybody here. And so, I, I mean, I mean, but really, I mean, it's it's really <laughs> you don't you don't take notice of it when you're a player, but gosh, I mean, our our coach has set us up in a really really good way. So. Yeah. Shout out to them, but hey, let's go ahead and start talking to Mick. Mick, you doing well? I'm great, man. How are y'all? Good. How's the start of the, the off season been going? Yeah, I guess you're getting into the second term, but
2: how's summer going? It's been a busy June. You know, we had uh, 235 campers for uh, three weeks each in June, and then just due to COVID, had a lot of a uh, lot of visits. Um, the other 2 weeks of june so we went camp visits camp visits camp so
0: but, it's busy uh, it's,
2: been, it's been it's been a good busy good yeah. uh good
0: turnout for camps
2: yeah it's you know it's uh i feel like belmont camp has just grown through word of mouth and coach yeah. bird building it a long time ago and throughout the year so we we sold out over Seven hundred campers total in like less than less than a week. I, I
1: can't I can't let you just say it was all like it was the people that played for him too, and and we we'll get into what you did there. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean I, I think it's everybody, but yeah, Coach Bird obviously, I mean phenomenal coach, and obviously Coach Alexander's played a part in that for I guess almost eighteen
0: years now. Yeah. Absolutely. Are y'all uh are y- are y'all you y- y'all got guys there in July
2: or are y'all done? Are y- y- uh, so we had all of our guys here during June. Yeah, um, Belmont kind of has two summer sessions: one in June, one in July. So they were all here in June and to work camps and to practice. And then we've got about half the team that are staying in July, and the other guys are going home prior to prior to the. Ball. Um, you there, coach? Yeah, can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah man. Now I can hear you. No, I, I I think that's uh, I do think that's something that Coach Alexander has done a really good job. I don't know if it was like that always at Belmont. I, th- I think Coach Bird did he do do two full sessions or did he do June and then you could leave? Like some guys could leave in July or what?
2: You know, I'm getting old now. I've been out of college almost ten years, but uh, when I was a student athlete here, it was just June or not at all. I mean, I know we had a couple guys that were international students who stayed home all summer um mm-hmm. but yeah I don't think to my knowledge they've never required guys to stay all summer
0: well li- listen to this you'll like and Nate you'll remember this Mick, you'll you'll like this too so when Chad Lang spent his grad year at Lipscomb this was in summer workouts you know like early June and um Chad Lang was he, he was after a workout uh, Casey killed us and he's like he, he we were walking back to the gym, back you know to the locker room or something he just goes this is crazy. We never did any of this at Belmont. Like, this is the summer. What are we doing?
2: Yeah.
0: It was a completely different world. But,
1: But I mean, but also like coach Alexander, I mean, he, he was so good at it. I mean, so good at going through June and July. And then obviously knowing that when you're building a team, you probably need them there. More times than not, so going June and July, it was but by early
0: on at Lipscomb, so yeah.
1: Was it your senior year where we just went June? I mean, obviously we were there all the time, Asa. But um, can, I
0: think that was right because um, I know
1: my fifth year too. It was just June, and then we went to um, we went to Italy.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, well, Nate. But anyway, Asa, go ahead and get into it. Yep. Nate, Mick. here we go. I'm gonna go ahead and get into it. We have uh, coach Mick Hedgepeth joining us on the show today. He is from Crossville, Alabama. I uh, played college ball at Belmont University, um, was part of three Atlantic Sun regular season conference championships, two, Atla- two Atlantic Sun conference tournament championships, two NCAA tournaments uh, appearances, and there was another postseason appearance. Was that NIT or what, what was that? Uh, CIT. CIT, got you. Uh, C-I-T, and he was also a two-time second team uh, All-Atlantic Sun. Uh, he began his coaching career at Division Three Williams College in uh, Massachusetts uh, before getting the head coaching job at Sewanee, where he was uh, at for two seasons, uh, and then he was named the Director of Basketball Operations back at his alma mater at Belmont University before the 2019-2020 season. Mick, uh, man, thank you for coming on, dude. Everything going good your way?
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor, and Really appreciate you guys doing this. I've been tuning into several episodes, uh, you know, especially my guy, Coach R. Yeah. So Hmm. I have to to give him a quick shout out. But, yeah, all is well. It's been a a busy and productive summer. Can't complain. Well,
0: I'll tell you what. So before we get into your coaching journey and and kind of your coaching experience so far, um, so you played for Coach Rick Bird. Uh, Casey was an assistant on that staff. Um, And then now you're back at Belmont coaching uh, under Casey. Uh, What is – what are some major? What are some similarities between Coach Bird and Coach Alexander? And what are some differences between uh, Coach Bird and Coach Alexander?
1: That's good, Asa.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I've received that question a lot. Um, way more similarities than differences. First of all, I mean, very similar style of play, uh, um, similar motion offense, up tempo, shoot a lot of threes, a lot of assists, defensive philosophies. So, I mean by and large, extremely similar. Um, You know, I would say just obviously any two people are going to have different personalities. Um, You know, I would say Coach Alexander may be, um, you know, a tad defensive-oriented. You know, Coach Bird may be a tad more detail-oriented, where Coach Alexander is more give the guys a lot, go at a high pace, get a ton of reps, um, and let them figure it out on their own. Um, so those would be my, um, small differences, but like I said, a a ton of the same and both great coaches and great men and fortunate to, to know both of them.
1: Yeah. Hey, so, um, so we talked about those two being head coaches. So tell me a little bit about your journey being the head coach at Swanee.
2: Um, so I, uh, I was at Williams College for two years mm-hmm. as an assistant coach for Division three up in Massachusetts. And then I, uh, I'm a soft Southern boy from Alabama originally, so wanted to get back down here. And I took the assistant job at Swanee uh, first. And then after my first season, the head coach left. Um, and it was I was obviously 27 years old at the time, but very fortunate that um, things went my way and I ended up Getting that uh, position,
1: and that was Bradley Pearson, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, was there for two years, and you know, uh, cut my teeth a lot, learned a lot, um, but it was invaluable experience, and it was honestly, I mean, it was a really difficult decision to leave. Swanee's a great place, filled with great people, um, but just kind of when I got into. Coaching at the college level, kinda of always had the desire to get back to Belmont. It's a place that changed my life in a lot of ways. And I love Nashville and um to to return here. But had a great experience at Swan and glad to answer any specific questions you have for me, but overall it was outstanding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And We'll we'll talk about one of the um one of the best players to play at Swanny in a second. That uh, I think you have the grace uh, of getting to coach now as well. But tell me a little bit about your assistant um, Brian Emerson because now he's the head coach at Suwanee and I actually got to meet him I guess a couple weekends ago. He seems phenomenal, and he's done a really great job at Suwanee as well. So what went into bringing him on staff as well?
2: Yeah, Brian's the best. He uh, he was an assistant with me at Williams, mm-hmm. so. Brian, obviously he went to Williams. And if you go to Williams, you are incredibly smart. Um, (laughs) I mean it's one literally one of the top five schools in the country every year. Um, he played there for Mike maker. Okay. uh, Who took the team to like three final fours in six years. Um, coach Duncan Robinson there who now plays for the heat. Um, so, when I took the job there, they had, Williams had just come off of a season going 28-5. and five. Duncan Robinson was a freshman, and they lost in the national championship game in Division three. Wow. Um, so, took the job. Um, there were some staff changes, but Coach Emerson and I, Brian, ended up being the two assistant coaches. So, I coached with him for two years there, then came to Swanee, um, actually the year that I was an assistant at Swanee, my first year, um, Williams made another final four. Wow. Um, so we, uh, then, the, then I was able to, um, be the head coach at Swanee and brought Brian on board and he was phenomenal. It was as close to a, uh, a partnership as you could possibly have in a coaching staff. He he helped me in a lot of ways. He, I probably learned more from him than he did from me, but it was, yeah, it was a blast. He, he does a great job with those guys.
0: Um, all right, Mick, so I so I got a question. Um, you, you mentioned, so you, you didn't get right into coaching after plan, correct? You, you were, you were doing accounting. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So I played in Europe for a year after college and then didn't really know what I wanted to do. I have an accounting degree. Um, Love Nashville. Moved back here. Moved in with a former teammate, Adam Barnes, yeah. who, ironically, at the time he was working a corporate job as well. And now we're both in basketball. He's Orleans Pelicans. Um, but you know, I worked for an insurance brokerage here in town for about eleven months, and then uh, you know, learned a lot. Worked with a lot of great people. Could have, you know, think I could have been successful there, but just. At the end of the day, I felt like um, I wanted to do something a little more fulfilling and thought this was um, – coaching was kind of what I was called to do. Yeah. So,
0: the so reason I asked that is because – the only reason – you know, your dad and my dad are close. They talk. And I remember hearing when you were getting into coaching, I, maybe, I, I guess I'm assuming it had to do with the money, that your dad wasn't too thrilled about you getting into coaching, right? So, talk <laughs> to us about – because, you know, you had this finance degree, you got a job, I'm sure, making more money than a low-level coaching job, right? Talk to us just about making the financial. It can be financially life. I don't know, whatever. Just making the decision to give up uh, a a more. What's the word I'm looking for?
2: I don't know. Just a more
1: to give up a position that is financially stable compared to doing something that you're probably more passionate about.
2: Thanks, Nate. Yeah, I mean it was it was hard, and it was a lot of uh, pros and cons. I mean, I'm a big list guy, and (laughs) um, yeah, obviously accounting major, and a lot went into that decision. It was hard. Uh, I took about an 80% pay cut. Um, to, I'm a small town, Alabama boy moved across the country to Williamstown, Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were some uncomfortable conversations with my parents, but, um, ultimately they, they knew that I was going to do it. They believe in me enough to know that I know what's, what's best for myself. And I, I personally at the time felt like if there's ever a time to take a risk, you know, it was when I was, 23, 24 years old. Sure. Um, you know, I was single guy, no family. Um, and um, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's definitely a leap of faith. Um, and uh, it was an adventure. I mean, I, I landed in Williamstown and the head coach took me to Chipotle and told me he was leaving Williams. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it was a quick welcome to the coaching world and how quickly everything can change. Uh, everything can change. But, um, you know, it was it was a good decision. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Um, all right, I got another thing. So I want you, I, I want to talk AAU a little bit because I remember this story uh, from. I guess it had to be around the time that you were uh, you were at Belmont, and I, I either might, somehow the question you got you played with Demarcus Cousins, correct? AAU with correct. Yeah, and so I guess the the, the question got brought up to you, like you know, hey, how was it uh, playing with Demarcus Cousins? And your answer was somewhat along the lines of like it was great. He got kicked out of every game, so I always got to play.
2: Yeah, I mean, not every game. Um, Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins is uh, an extreme talent. Um, So I was fortunate to even be on the team. I was basically his backup, and he did tend to get in foul trouble or get a few technicals here and there, which afforded me some more opportunity to play for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: All right, so how'd you get to Belmont? What went into your decision to go there? Um, Just talk to us about uh, how, how you got
2: there. As a player or as a coach? As a player. Uh yeah, I mean it's pretty simple and straightforward. Belmont identified me early. Um I think uh a coach saw me at a camp that no longer exists down in Indian Springs, Alabama called the Colonnade and recommended me to Brian Ayers, who's our associate head coach and's been at Belmont a long time and coaches the post players. Um that was prior to my junior year in high school and he reached out and I visited and you know got to know the staff and the players. And at the time, Belmont um, had been to two straight NCAA tournaments, their first two in '06 and '07. Wow. I graduated high school in '08. They went again that year and lost to Duke by one, mm-hmm. um, which which is kind of the game that put them on the map. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, but I, game, I committed. I committed prior to then, and I had some other interests from some mid-major schools in the southeast, but. Belmont was actually my only offer. So that made it a pretty easy wow. decision. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: <laughs> that'll do
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very fortunate. It was the perfect fit for me.
0: What's, uh, what do you remember most from playing college basketball?
2: Uh, man, that's tough. I would say what I miss the most is just um, – and probably what brought me back into coaching is just being a part of a team each and every day Um, you know it's it would be easy to say the NCAA tournament games or the championships or this win or or whatever but I I miss the locker room atmosphere the most and talking trash with the guys and you know going (laughs) back and forth that's that's what I miss the most
1: yeah all right so I'm going to jump a little bit forward from your playing career Um, so going back to Sewanee okay so you coach, like I said, you coached a pretty dang good player at Swanee, who's now with you at Belmont. So what went into one, evaluating Luke, and then two, him coming over to um, Belmont as well.
2: yeah, well there wasn't there wasn't much evaluating. Um, I mean I saw Luke at best of the South, you know the summer prior to his senior year, um, you know, and I immediately knew that he was good enough, so there wasn't really mm-hmm. any evaluating um at the division three level obviously there's no athletic scholarship you know so we would recruit a lot of guys a lot more than most division one programs um but reached out to luke and you know just through conversation and through building a relationship thought it might be a fit even though he had some higher opportunities um knew he wanted to get a good education. He wanted to go somewhere he could play, um, you know, wanted to stay relatively close to home. Um, so just kept recruiting him and got him on campus and kept getting to know him. And he's just, he's an outstanding young man. And, and, uh, we waited on him. We were very patient. Um, you know, and, uh, a lot of division ones passed up on him and he only had two division one walk-on opportunities, I believe, and had some division two full rides, but, um, and he earned those for sure and had, um, some higher division three opportunities, but they were further away. A lot of those are up in the new England area. Mm-hmm. Um, so chose to come to Swanee and, um, I'm very fortunate that he made that decision cause he made us a lot better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's a heck of a player. <laughs> So cool. so, uh, to, uh, all right, so I'm not I'm not too familiar with uh, with Division three I, I mean I, in the you know in the scholarships How, is that what are the different challenges that, that come with that is it is it more cha- I'm sure it's got to be more challenging at times not having full scholarships and having to recruit a ton of different kids just talk to me about talk to us about that a little bit and what's it, what it's like
2: yeah so I, I would say you know it's <laughs> the, the challenges are it's not equivalent school to school. You know, like in Division One and Division Two, for the most part, um, you know, School A could cost seventy thousand dollars, and School B in your league could cost twenty thousand um, dollars. Mm. You know, and there's no athletic scholarship, so it all comes down to how your school packages in terms of financial aid, um, in terms of merit or need-based aid. Um, you know, I could get into a lot of terms, whether they consider you need blind or need aware. Um, but it, it, it's, it makes for challenges and you just have to, you really have to recruit student athletes who fit the university, um, above all else.
1: Yeah. Okay. So going from division three to division, D1 Director of Basketball Operations. What has been the hardest transition for you?
2: Hmm. I mean, it honestly hasn't been that hard. I I, mm-hmm. I miss being a head coach, as anyone would, um, and that was a transition for sure, but I knew it would be on the front end. I think what a lot of people don't realize is on a Division three staff, you know, not only are you the head coach, but you're the assistant coach. assistant director coach. Of oper- operations and video coordinator and manager and pumping up the balls and everything else. So you're already mm-hmm. doing literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just having a more specific role. I, I think the hardest thing for me, and I expected it, was um, just limited time um, on the floor. And I say limited because the rules with COVID have have changed a little bit, and allowed a, um, allowed, um, you know, operations positions um, and video coordinators and those types of non-coaching positions to be on the floor a little bit more. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's probably been reassuring for you just to be able to get back and do what you probably love the most.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's been good, and even if it's even if it's limited, if it's more rebounding or assisting in a drill um, rather than teaching, it's still – it's it's uh, a whole lot better than standing over there and watching.
1: <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> um, okay, this one's kind of out of left
0: field. Not really because it, it, is, it is a topic of conversation as of late. Name, image, and likeness, Bill.
2: What do you think about it? Oof. It's hard to say. You know, um, Belmont just released their – nil policy today so yeah um, so what
0: what is well i don't know what are y'all t- what are y'all talking to your players what are y'all saying to your players what are the conversations like you don't have to get detailed on exactly how you're going about it but just what are the conversations
2: like honestly i haven't had it's good too many conversations about that with our players it, because yeah. it's so new and like i said the policy was just released today um And I think it's all very fluid and could change a lot in coming weeks and months. But um, I would say the main thing that we would relay to our players right now is just, you know, make sure that you communicate with a compliance. And if you do decide to do this, which is totally fine, um, just make sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's and, and, uh, you know, represent Belmont well. Mm-hmm. And do it by the book. Yeah, you yeah. know, well, I'll flip the question to you, Asa. So what about you, man? I know a guy on your your team just got a big deal. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness!
1: Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. So Hershey, yeah, Hershey Miller's got himself a what a two million dollar deal with a tech company out 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 on the west coast or something. Um, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> It's it's weird that a player on our team is you know the richest kid on richest dude on campus. I mean, coach, professor, he's he's, he's the richest kid on campus. Um, dude, I, I I'll tell you this, it, it's everything's normal. I mean, it's from the moment that I first time that I met the kid to the first time I saw him on camp, you know, on Zoom, met him on Zoom for the first time that I saw him on campus to from workouts and everything. I mean, it's nothing's changed. You know, in Nothing's, change. I, nothing, nothing's changed on his end or our end or basketball-wise or anything like that. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think about, um, you know, what's, what is it going uh, to do to basketball to, for our pro- – I, I don't know. It's for your
1: program, publicity. everybody's getting cookout meals, like, it's, all the time. It, it's, good,
0: it, it's good publicity. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but, you know, in terms of – you know, I, I have no idea how it's going to affect us or really anything. I have zero idea yet. Um, I don't think anybody does we just kind of got to feel it out and, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Um, but it, you know, congrats to Hersey. I think that's, that's amazing for him. Um, so I, I'm glad that kids can, can make some money now. Um, I know that's a touchy subject, but I, I am glad that they can benefit in a way off of all the hard work that they do put in, um, in the summer and the off season, spring, fall, um, and during the season. So I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I, I've, I have no idea what it's what it's gonna look like two a year from now, two years from now, four years from now, eight, you know, I have no idea.
1: I think it I think it calms down a little bit from what everybody is thinking it is right now.
0: I, I think so too. I, I don't think that it's gonna I think I don't think there's gonna be as much money just thrown out to these athletes as a lot of people think there is.
1: No, but I mean in certain positions there some will be some there
0: will. The Johnny Manzell's of the world, the Derrick Henry's, the <coughs> Sure. The uh, you know I don't know. Dallas- I mean,
1: shoot, I, I think Miami just came out and that there's some donor that's going to give five hundred, some something, something, maybe five thousand dollars, who, whatever they said, to every single football player at Miami, or something like some business did, which like it can't be, be donor related. I mean, like per se, but apparently there was this huge sum of money that they're about to give, so. I think that stuff's interesting, and I don't know how that will work with the NCAA
0: rules. Well, Miami has been giving huge sums of money to their athletes for a long Correct. time. Correct. At least it's on the table now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, Mick, as a wrap-up here, you want to you do some rapid-fire questions with us real quick? Absolutely. Cool, man. Um, all right, okay, here we go. Let me, uh, let me get this together real quick. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I am, I am less than prepared. Um, all right, here we go. All right, do you need uh, me to
1: ask him? I got him memorized.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you do have memorized. All right, uh, your last technical.
2: Uh, I was the head coach at Swanee. We were playing at Barry. Okay,
1: what, so that was about two years ago?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just coaching, and it was a bad call. I let yeah, him know. Let him know. Yeah. Um,
0: so you, you ever been kicked out of a game as a coach or player?
2: No. Uh in actually in high school was yes. Oh really? What'd you do? Yeah, we gotta know. Uh dunked twice. And I got technicals both times. Totally Uh,
1: hanging on the rim? Totally
2: totally uncalled for. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You were just hanging on the rim or what was it?
2: No, I didn't. I mean, maybe the first one a little bit, but the second one was not hanging on the rim. It was just a terrible call. An official who didn't know what he was doing.
0: Oh this All right, well, that answers the next question, which is have you ever dunked a basketball on a 10-foot rim? Um, Given your height, I I don't think I needed to even ask that one. Uh, And athleticism. I got you, Mick. No problem. I got you. (laughs) um, Okay, uh, you're up three at the end of the game. Do you foul or let it play out? Depends, but – What do you air on the side of? uh, Foul. Okay, all right. Maybe maybe I need to start saying just ask what, what side they air on. Cause it, That's good, Asa. Yeah, I just forty-three
1: okay. podcasts in, and now we're deciding that. But keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay, uh, uh, go for the tie, or go
2: for the win. Depends, but uh, probably. What
0: side fine. do you err on?
2: I air <laughs> on the side of tie because they'll they'll take away the win more.
0: Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I like that. Um, okay, uh, casual or professional on the sidelines?
2: Casual, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. We agree.
0: Um, all right, early morning or evening or night practice?
2: Um, evening. Evening.
1: Why, why is that?
2: Well, I would choose early afternoon. I think that's the ideal time, mm-hmm. but that wasn't an option. But I think you get less <laughs> out of early morning or late night than you would in the evening. Yeah. And you, play, and you play in the evening usually.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: All right. Uh if you were not coaching basketball, what would uh what what would you want to be doing as an occupation?
2: Um I'll be in an athletic administration. Okay.
1: Right. Not an accountant?
2: No. no. <laughs> been, been down that road, mate.
0: <laughs> That's behind you. <laughs> okay. Um all right. Uh, what's your handicap in golf?
2: Oof. Um, probably like a 14. Yeah? You've been okay. playing it? A- You've
0: been playing it all this summer. I know you've been busy with the camps, probably not in June or anything. But yeah, a little bit. I played a decent amount in May, but not much in June. You played with Danny. You played with Danny D recently, didn't you? Or at least this year, right?
2: Played once. Yeah, it was a, a cold day out at the Grove. Did not hit well. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Well, well, hey, while we're talking days. about
1: golf, I got to go ahead and interrupt. Oh so, yeah,
2: Nate, go ahead. Let it, yeah. I'm
1: not going to tell you what I shot today, but I did get on the golf course today. Played nine, and so I. I long story short i played terrible all day and the f- final hole 18th hole because i played the back nine um i'm about 80 yards out right so i get the sand wedge hit it up and i i'm, I'm looking at it going there i'm like oh that's perfect that's right where i wanted that's where i was trying to hit every single shot today and it drops it drops probably this far from the pin and rolls and is on the ledge like it wow. just didn't fall in yeah. I'll I'll send you a pic after this. Yeah, it I was got, very I, disappointing. I, 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 that's it. what I was
0: trying to do, Nate. I can well, it's not going to do it justice, but <clears> maybe, <throat> we can, maybe we can kind of show it real quick. Here, just, we'll,
1: we'll send. I'll send it to you. I'll send <laughs> it to you. It.
0: Um, all right. I was okay. Disappointed. Um, should every team make the conference tourney? Y'all just win the OVC every year, so what's the matter to y'all? I don't really... yeah. Uh No. <laughs> yeah. Why would we want more people
1: to be in the tournament? No. Why not? <laughs>
2: Uh, I just think it. I think you should have something to play for in the regular season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I think right, it devalues
2: the regular season.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. we already do
2: enough, in my opinion.
0: Um, LeBron or Jordan?
2: Jordan. Why? If I had to pick a guy to take the last shot, it'd be Jordan.
1: <laughs> what about? Okay, so Asa brought up this point. What about everything in between the last shot and the beginning of the game?
2: Yeah, I'll just still take Jordan. I don't know. I grew up watching him. I don't yeah, know. I just I just like him. I think he's a little I think he's a little tougher. Ace will probably disagree. I don't want to bring. <laughs> I, his I, I, I'll agree with that. He's a little tougher. <laughs> a little, tough. little little. I'm a big toughness guy, so I'm just you know I think he's a little tougher. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, man. Well, hey uh, Mick, we appreciate you coming on today, man. It was a blast talking to you. Where can uh, everybody find you on social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever?
2: Cool, not a big social media guy. Uh, no Instagram, but I do have Twitter. Let me see what my handle is at Mick Hedgepeth. Really original. All right, at Mick Hedgepeth. Hey, that's the best.
0: That's the best. That's right there. Right. You can find myself on Instagram at The Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. You can find Nathan on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. You can find him on Instagram at Nate5 Moran. You can find Mind of a Coach on. Twitter at mind of a coach pod, and you can find uh, Twitter, on, uh, excuse me, mind of a coach on Instagram at mind of a coach. Coach Mick we appreciate you again, man. It was a blast. Best of luck to Belmont next year, except for when y'all play us. Um, good to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you
2: soon, man. Hey, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. This is an awesome resource to so many coaches. So thank you for doing it. Keep it up. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, coach. Keep it clean